Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from outside of Philadelphia. Today is July 21st, 2021. Today we're reading from the Big Book. We're on page 73, second paragraph, one paragraph, starting with the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. Today's readers are, so we got for the 12 steps, Annette M, the 12 traditions, Kim T. Jen A is going to read the text, page 164, Deanna P, and our backup reader is Lauren N. Our newcomer greeter is Sandy C, and our second hour host is Deborah S. The reference numbers for yesterday, July 21st, are, so the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,396. That's 17396. The 10 a.m. meeting is 17,397. 17397. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and those who, and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to a compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer com- from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Annette M. to read the 12 steps. Thanks, Russ, for your service. I'm Annette M. from Toronto. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics, to overeaters, pardon me, 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thanks, Annette. I'm now asked um, Kim T. We got Kim T for the 12 traditions. Good morning, all. Kim T, Recover Compulsive Reader from Colorado, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me go to service and I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a page, a paragraph, we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your shares for approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and, and re, for readers of six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book on page 73, second paragraph, beginning with the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. And I will ask Jen A to start us off reading on on the reading app. Good morning, Russ. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. 
coming to his senses, he is revolted at certain episodes he vaguely remembers. These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. As fast as he can, he pushes these memories far inside himself. He hopes they will never see the light of day. He is under constant fear and tension. That makes for more drinking. In this paragraph, I can take the he's and turn them into she's, right, and um, put myself in this situation. Uh, I would have to say this is a good remembrance of, um, you know, what it was like for me today as a recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy. And um, in this chapter, Into Action, we're saying that if I don't do these things, and this is, again, another warning, they're just, the warnings are coming right down the page for me. If I don't expose the truth, and if I keep the masks on, and I continue to hide, I keep the secrets and um, the fears and everything deep down inside of me, then what I'm going to find is that I'm going to continue to be this volatile girl. I'm going to continue to erupt and explode all over people. Um, You know, when I speak at work, I'm going to hit people with my shrapnel. When I'm at home, I'm going to continue to belittle and berate my children. In a relationship, I'm going to continue to say harmful things, hurtful things, or maybe not say anything at all, and that might be worse too. Um, You know, I love this last line in here. I will always be under constant fear and tension, and that will make for more drinking. I will be eating. That's what's going to happen to me. You know, the anxiety, um, the nervousness, the uneasiness that I feel because of who I am and how I'm dealing with things or how I can't deal with things, you know, and then this ability, um, you know, the tension, oh, my gosh, you know, just that unrest that I felt inside my body, inside me as a human being. And um, the practical example I'll just personally give that, you know, uh, for me is I've been in my job for seven years and uh, I am an events coordinator. And since the pandemic, I use Zoom uh, to talk to people and to teach people about what we offer at my work. And I will just say that yesterday (laughs) I had an event. This is like the fourth or fifth one that we've done for this platform. And nothing went right. People couldn't log on. The video went bad. Um, The audio wasn't unmuting. Um, The PowerPoints or the slide presentation wasn't revolving. The page up, page down button wasn't working. And the old girl that I used to be would be just crazy. I would have been going mad. I would have been yelling at people. I would have been irritated. I, I mean, I just would have taken it out on everybody because I'd be in fear of losing my job, not looking good in front of everybody. But today, as a result of these steps and a God that loves me and helps guide me on a daily basis, I could be okay with what was happening. Um, You know, today I'm steady and stable with God's grace and God's guidance as a result of doing this work. Um, But, you know, I did did do the work. Um, I called my sponsor afterwards. I did a 10-step. I ran a one through seven. And, you know, just the freedom of seeing, you know, I don't have to worry about these things. Um, it is what it is. It's technology. It's unmanageable, and I have no power over it. And so, Sorry. you know, just telling these things to people and not keeping these secrets inside and feeling crappy. I'll finish up by saying this, Russ. You know, it, it frees me. It frees me from what? Wanting to go back and eat. And I'm thankful that I don't do that today. So this is just a practice and a warning. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. So now we're going to open up the floor here for sharing. But before that, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might share their experience too. So if you share it on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, please step back. Who would like to share on this uh, paragraph on page 73? Carmela G. Johan. Carmela G. Carmela Johan, Amy, uh, I got Shannon, but there was someone before Reva P. Reva. Was Reva before Shanna? I guess we're going to put you in there, Reva. Thank uh, you. Who, who else? Ginger C. Ginger C. Ginger. All right. Could take a few more. All right, let's go with this list. We've got Carmela G., Johan N., Amy G., Reva P., Shanna C., and Ginger C. Carmela, you are up. Star one, Carmela. Thank you, Russ. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Thank yep. you so much. Thank everyone on the line for being there, for listening, for shares, for service. Uh, my name is Carmela G. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today through a miracle of my higher power. I received a gift yesterday. It was a newcomer who um, contacted me and asked how I handle, in abstinence, how do I handle anger? And it brought me back eight years because today I'm clean and sober for eight years. And the gift she gave me was the memory. The memory of when I was in disease. As a hospital caretaker and uh, nurse administrator, I'd make my rounds in the morning going throughout the hospital with the smile on my face. Good morning. How are you? Oh, yes, wonderful day. And here I was walking around at 300 pounds and putting that smile and not wanting a soul to know what was really inside the fear, the anger, the stress, and not trusting, only trusting, relying on self, 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 self. And all day long, I lived in that. And all day long, I had to, instead of taking pauses and bringing a loving God into my life and allowing him to handle this, I brought food into my body and shoved all those feelings down. And that is how I lived for over six decades. Today, as a recovered woman, the joy and the peace, the serenity that I have, because today I must be real. 
I must allow people to know that I am human. And the reassuring fact is that no matter what, my higher power loves me through it all. So I may rage about the traffic as I enter this city, and I may rage, but when I turn it over to God and do my 10th step, the release and the fact that I know I am loved and forgiven, and my higher power wants me to be truly happy. I don't have to put that facade on anymore. I know that that's what he wants because every day he gives me, as I call, as Hansel and Gretel left the breadcrumbs, I feel my higher power leaves me breadcrumbs every day to the path to say, Carmela, I'm here with you, and it's all going to be okay. Thank you so much, my friends, and enjoy your day. Thanks, Carmela. Next up is Johan, followed by Amy Jade. Hi. Good morning, good day. My name is Johan N., and I can see, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Sweden. Thank you so much for service, Ross, and thanks for that lead share and share so far. An amazing paragraph that really reminds me how it is living in this disease. Uh, that it just goes round and round and round. Uh, the worse I feel, the more I eat, and the more I eat, the worse I feel, and it just goes round and round and round. And, you know, food used to give me uh, ease and calm. Uh, when I was worried, when I was living in fear and tension, uh, I would turn to food, and it would ease my mind up, and I could feel like one with the universe, and I can live in the now, and and all that, but, you know, fast forwarding to the end, uh, the food just gave me more fear, gave me more tension, and it didn't work anymore. The solution was exhausted, and uh, it just didn't work anymore. And I'm so happy today that I reached that end, getting to that, uh, that place where I couldn't live with the food, and I couldn't live without the food. <laughs> uh, because then I was where I ne- really needed to be. And I had a first step experience uh, where I really, uh, really could see that I'm completely powerless all this and I really need help. And thanks to that, I jumped two feet into this program. I worked through the steps really fast. I did step five to 12 in one day. And after that, a few days after, I just woke up and I was at I, I was at ease and I was calm, you know, without food. And it was just a miracle. Uh, and today, as I continue to live live in this program one day at a time, and I really learned that in a way I only have today, and I need to do today what I can. Uh, so to keep this, uh, keep the connection with God, I cannot keep myself abstinent. God keeps me abstinent. But thanks to this program. Thanks to good sponsorship within a way, and that I get to sponsor a bunch of guys today. I get to do daily 10 steps. I get to do step 11, morning and night. I, I get to do outreach every day. I get to be on meetings every day. Thanks to that, God keeps me abstinent and gives me a fantastic life. 
it's just an amazing blessing. And I, I really, I never thought it could be this good. Uh, when I was going through the steps, I was feeling this fear and tension all the way, but I was holding on to my abstinence. I was doing whatever I could to, you know, keep my abstinence just during this period. And suddenly it all changed. Going from holding myself abstinent to actually living my living abstinent one day at a time, and that's the big difference for me. You know, having this program really working this program, uh, and that this that's that that different is just so it's uh, just so big. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so very grateful today. Thank you, thank you so much for the service. Thank you for all the shares and and yeah, thank thank you all. Love you guys. I'll pass. Thank you. Next up is Amy G. Followed by Reva P. Hey, Russ. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Maryland. So just to review, we're in the chapter into action. We're going to be talking about the fifth step, how important it is to be entirely honest with someone. The prior, prior paragraph was talking about this double life and how this and now today about how that inconsistency is made worse by what we do on our sprees and how important this fifth step is. And I can so relate to all of that. I mean, I, as a recovered bulimic, I, I don't see much of a more double life than that of a bulimic, at least uh, for me. And um, and that inconsistency, it felt like there was a there was a grand canyon between what I presented to the outside world and what was going on inside of me. And it was more important for me to look good on the outside and pretend to everyone that everything was okay and that I was little Miss Perfect while I was killing myself on the inside. You know, to the public world, I looked okay. In the private world, I was killing myself with this, this inconsistency, this double life. And I didn't know what to do. And food was the only comfort that I could find, the delusion of that comfort. I read once that bulimia is a, is a violent form of self-expression. You know, and on the surface, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just puking up the calories. But in reality, it was for me, it felt like I, it was like uh, in this paragraph, it says, you know, he tries to push those memories far inside of himself. And I think that's what I tried to do with the food. And ultimately, I then vomited in, in, in rage and, and self, self-hatred and, and futility and, and powerlessness. And it was a life that I could not withstand. And this is why I think it says, and I'm going to scoot ahead a little bit, where it says we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. And what I'm so grateful for about the fifth step is that when I finally was able to put the food down, surrender, powerlessness, willing to take action, by the time I got to the fifth step, there was this coming, this meeting of the inside to the outside, where when I finally was honest, and I spoke my truth, and I talked about my secrets and my behaviors, I started to realize that I was just one among many, not better, not worse, and that I could finally join the human race and truly begin to recover. And my insides have truly started to match my outsides now, and it's such an incredible blessing because I don't have to live that double life anymore, not just with the bulimia, I don't have to live that way where I portray myself in one way but feel completely different about myself on the inside. I have learned to come together through the grace of this program and these 12 steps. And it really started for me when I turned it over in a fifth step 
it was a miraculous thing for me as I started to see that I was no better, no worse. I was a sick person trying to get well. We're all broken in some way, shape, or form, and together we can do what we can never do alone in this program, and I'm so grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Aim. Next up is Reva P. followed by Shanna C. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. This paragraph brings back such memories of the inconsistencies, the double life, the double life with the food where I wouldn't, for me, um, my eating and my binging and my bulimia was the biggest secret I had. So I would never binge in front of other people. It looked like I was just fine in terms of eating when I was out with people. Then I would come back to my apartment, close the door, and I felt like a crazy woman. I felt like the Jekyll and Hyde. So I was totally inconsistent when it came to the food. And I was totally having a double life when it came to my behavior. I tried so hard to look calm, cool, and collected. Keep it together, keep it together, like the donkey in the Shrek movie. Um, Keep it together. And then I'd come into my apartment, close the door, or I'd come home to my parents, have temper tantrums, yell, barf all over everybody in my path. Um, And thank you, God. You know, these sprees, these unrestrained activities. Um, Thank you, God, I am one. My eating is balanced. My mood, my behavior, I am the same person in the house, out of the house. I used to think, you know, program meetings was like one life, and then I would go out and do the rest of my life, and it was so inconsistent. And thank you, God, by putting down the food and working the steps, I just become a united one person. Um, I'm not a different person in different places, um, and that is such a gift. And the shame and the guilt from those sprees, you know, the step five is like the end of that isolation where at least one other person in the world a person who did what I did, was where I was, who's not doing it anymore, who can relate and tell me, yeah, I did that too. Like what a relief and what an end to that isolation all by myself um, doing those things. And the other thing that really strikes me in this paragraph is constant fear and tension. Yes, it was that way then. But you know, today, today, if I am abstinent only and I am not working 10, 11, and 12 I'm in that fear and tension again. And that can make for more drinking, overeating. That is the huge warning that today, right now, I need to continue, continue, continue doing the work because the dry drunk mode, you know, eventually I will snap. Tension is like, um, I looked it up. It's like, it's such a perfect, being stretched tight tight, tight, tight with mental, emotional strain. That's what it's like being abstinent only. So what a great reminder to keep doing the work. So promise to share almost all of my step tens. So again, I'm not in my head all by myself. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Next up is Shanna C. followed by Ginger C. Good morning. This is Shanna. Can can I be heard? Good to go. Okay. 
Okay, sorry, technical difficulties with my phone. Uh, this is Shanna C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater Through God's Grace. Um, it's truly a miracle for my life. Um, and I say that every time because it is a miracle every day I wake up. I can I can look back and be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe. I did not compulsively eat yesterday and many days before that, and now I don't have to do it today. Uh, because there's a program of action I get to follow. And yes, I get to live in 10, 11, and 12, and I'm telling you 10, 11, and 12 saved my butt this week, but I can't be in 10, 11, and 12 until I get through, you know, one through nine. Um, and it took, you know, initially getting to that point of, I cannot manage my life, and the symptom is, is my eating, and nothing is making anything better, and no matter how hard I've tried. Um, and thankfully, you guys were here, and I had a, a sponsor who was available to help me through the steps and identify with the problem and show me the spiritual solution and took me through one through nine as outlined in the big book. Um, and absolutely, that disclosing, you know, those certain facts in my life that I want to keep secret, and, and now it's more like the insidious, squirmy, stupid thoughts, um, the fear, um, and one of the biggest things that I had kind of going on uh, with me this week was I should be better than I am by now. What am I doing wrong? And, you know, it's the constant overanalyzing, the constant thinking and being able to see it, but not being able to do humanly anything about it and not being able to really rely on anyone else to do it for me either, that I must rely on God. Um, and, how, and sitting in that uncomfortable space at times and just seeing just how defective I truly am um, Big Book talks about how there are certain trials and low spots ahead, um, and I won't survive them unless I do this work. And that was a low spot. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have low spots. It doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. Most of the time, I have absolutely neutrality, especially with the food. Um, but there are times when I don't. And when I don't, thank you, God, when I can't see my head, my hand from my foot, and my, I'm all up in my head, that there is a practical set of directions I can follow, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't feel necessarily God's presence, there's actions that I can take that I that humble me. And it's in the humbling that I don't have to be afraid of anymore, that that stuff actually getting it out and applying the solution to it through these steps, turning it over to God, seeing my true powerlessness over whatever it is, and then allowing that to be used to help someone else through step 12. Um, so thankfully, uh, the illusion of being perfect is just that. It is an illusion. And I'm grateful that uh, I get to be here and get to live another day abstinent. Um, so I'm asking God to guide me throughout this day and to show me who I can help and to keep my thoughts Sorry. right on track. And that his will not mine be done. And I pray for all of y'all too. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks, Shannon. Next up is Ginger C. And then we're going to take another list. Start Hi, Russ. Ginger. Good morning. Okay. Go. Something's never changed, Russ. Good morning. It's Ginger C. A real compulsive overeater. So grateful to be with you all this morning. Thank you, God, doing for me what I absolutely don't do. And, um, yeah, just amazed that today I'm sober and out of the food. Thank you, God. 
and the inconsistencies from these sprees and still grateful for every beautiful bite. I needed that relapse and I pray I never forget the nightmare. I really thought I left Virginia Beach and it was done and it was like never going to return. So again, there is that bottom below the bottom you know. And that's the story that I get to share today with this relapse. And I only wish that that he trembles to think that some might not have observed his behavior in the sprees because we're crazy. I can't stop eating once I start and I got to get every bite out there. And part of my story with this relapse is I was back in the Windy City, my favorite place in the world, Chicago, running from Wabash to Rush Street to Michigan Avenue, searching every bite. But the saddest part to the story, you guys, is my daughter was right by my side. Incomprehensible demoralization. And to wake up that next morning and hoping that she didn't remember. And of course, she woke up so pissed and so hurt and devastated to see her mom in a total insane mode. And that's what happens. I take the bite and the food takes me and it takes me to places that I do not want to go, especially my family who's so near and dear to my heart, yet again, hurting them. So it's such a miracle. Again, I'm just so grateful to share with you guys this morning that it absolutely does work. It's a practical program of action. And if you've relapsed, I would love to share with you because I've learned so much. Again, I'm grateful for every beautiful bite. I was lacking humility and I've learned and now I see in a new way and I think a greater way for God. Because the most important thing is that we just love each other for who we are. We build in one another, believe in one another, and stay out of each other's business. Your food is none of my business and my food is none of your business. I got to keep my eyes on my own paper and trust the most important source, this power down deep within that is available to all of us and that is loving us perfectly and guiding us each and every day. And of course, the hardest thing is this ego that wants to ease this God out all the time. Sorry. So, so grateful to be with you. Thanks so much for your service, Russ. Thanks, Ginger. So we're going to open it up for sharing again. If you jumped on a little late, we're on page 73, second paragraph. We're just going to read one paragraph, starting with the inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his sprees. And if you shared in the past two days, please step back and allow others to share their experience too. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Linda D. Linda. Susan C. Sarah Susan. T. Susan C. Sarah T. Kate H. All right, Kate. We got you. Kate H. Take a few more. 
I think we'll be right in time if we do that. But I'm not great with the math, so you can trust me. Madam? Matt. Devorah S. All right, that's a great list. Did you get so, me? You know, Laura S? Yep, I got you. I got you. Sorry about that. I got you in my head. I forgot to say. <laughs> we got Linda D, Susan C, Sarah T, Kate H, Matt M, and, and Devorah S. All right, Linda, you're up. Star one, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. And I'm so thrilled and grateful, very grateful, very, to be a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, where I'm at right now is I, I've been recovered for a while. And uh, today I woke up the way I am right now, exhausted, crabby, and looking for a fight with anybody. Not a major fight, just I'm right and you're wrong type of thing. Now, what am I going to do with that? It's going to bring me to the pit of hell. So I surrendered to a higher power. I do the work. And and the higher power shows up, whatever you call your higher power. The thing that is so amazing to me is I don't have to commit a murder today. I don't mean you. I mean me. Some people call it suicide on the layaway plan. Oh, well, that's a nice way to say it, but really it's brutal. It's brutal internally. It's brutal physically. I'd call it murder, so let me call it what I think it is. Um, I love being who I am, and it's very hard sometimes. Sometime I want to come on this line, and I want to, what did what was said? Um, I want to do an adequate presentation of what recovered is. Recovered is human, human, and I have to learn how to be human to feel all my feelings, the ones that are revolting. The and and those are in the past, right? Oh no, I could have revolting right now if I turn on the TV and they talk about politics. I could go right off the wall. The point is, it doesn't have to drive me anywhere because I come back to center, to the truth, which is I can't afford it. This is a deadly disease, and relapse is, I've certainly had many of those. I can't afford another one of those. I don't want to be crazy. I like love. Looking in the mirror and going, not bad, baby girl. And I know who gives me that. The core inside of me and, and the core from you. Because I can't do this alone. This disease is very, very subtle and very, very nasty. And it's self-sabotage. Um, it's, I'm going to take me out no matter what because I'm not worthy. What BS that is. Sooner or later, I found out, my God, you were born worthy. That's true for me, and that's true for you. So stick around. Yep, so stick around. I really need you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Linda. 
Next up is Susan C. followed by Sarah T. Hi, it's Susan C. from Pennsylvania. Grateful to hear the sharing. So important to hear other people side my own chatter and uh, my own mind. And um, the about the inconsistencies. When I was younger, I kind of went numb and didn't know about feelings, never shared feelings. It was kind of suppressed. Then when I got married... I had a lot of anger when I had married and had kids. And it was like, that was the only emotion really that I had to express. And then from there, I went into being a saint. And that's not really being honest either. So, you know, that's what this, to me, that's what the program is to be able to be a human being, have feelings, feel the feelings, but not self-destruct nor harm other people. So, um, yeah, just being able to be open and honest uh, with myself, my higher power, and others. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Susan. Next up is Sarah T. By Kate H. Uh, Sarah T. Gratefully recovered for today. Can I be heard? Yep. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so that paragraph, yeah, definitely strikes a nerve of inconsistencies made worse by the thing he does on a spree. Uh, that double life, and then, you know, he's under constant fear and tension that makes for more drinking, or for me, more eating. I realized how afraid I am to be found out of my old defects and my old ways. And when I do higher power and live the way I'm supposed to, I feel wonderful. I feel worthy of love. And it's like only people in program know my dark side. No one in life knows my dark side. They just think I'm this happy, bubbly person, which I am. Part of me is. But through this wonderful program I've been able to feel hard emotions negative emotions pain without running away into the food or into fantasy or you know disassociation and sometimes you know it's like a muscle the more I've worked it the better I get and so I realized this morning I had to do a fear inventory that I'm afraid that people I love who don't know I'm in program will see that dark side and not think I'm lovable. And so this paragraph reminds me that higher power loves me regardless, and that's enough. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Kate H. followed by Matt M. Star one, Kate. Oh, thank you. I was talking to myself. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Kate H., compulsive overeater. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you, moderator, for um, uh, for taking the time to, to let other people come in. I have a very, very hard time of sharing. In fact, I think this is my first time ever sharing on this meeting. So, um, so thank you for that. Um, I... I really love this paragraph. Um, the word inconsistency. When I 
when I think of that, um, I think of like the inconsistency in my own personality when I'm in the food versus when I'm not in the food and how different my behavior is. Um, you know, when I'm not in the food, I'm very outgoing and I can do everything. I'm on top of the world and I make all these plans and, you know, I'm all over, you know, I, I'm, you know, on top of everything. And then when I'm in the food, you know, which could be that same day or the next day, I totally withdraw. If I had made plans, I cancel them. Um, I don't have, give an explanation because who's going to say, you know, I was on a terrible binge last night, um, you know, and the shame, you know, that comes from that, which, you know, go further on in the paragraph. Um, These memories are a nightmare. He trembles to think someone might have observed him. Um, You know, how many times I've woken up with a food hangover, you know, and and, and thinking, oh, it's a nightmare. You know, I I, I wish, you know, waking up in the morning, did I binge last night? Did I not binge last night? You know, and and if I didn't, oh, thank God. Um, So, yeah, it's, um, for me, before coming into program, I did not even realize that I was like this. And that's the, the crazy part, the insanity part, is that um, I didn't even realize that this was my behavior and that it, this is what it was stemming from. Um, and so anyway, um, I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, thanks, everyone, so much. Um, this is a big step for me to speak today. So um grateful to be here. I'll mute. Thanks, Kate. Appreciate it. So if you jumped on a little late, we're on page 73, second paragraph. The inconsistency is made worse by the things he does on his screens, and we're just reading that paragraph. So next up is Matt M, and we'll be followed by Deborah. Can you hear me? Yep. Thank you for your service, moderator. My name is Matt M, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I just wanted to share, inconsistency used to be my, my, my middle name. I was absent three days, not absent in five, up, up and down the scale. You know, my attitude changed with the, with the, with the blink of an eye, like the wind, like the changing of the wind, like weather vane. I used to be someone who I didn't like. I used to be someone who I didn't want to be around. But now I want to be around myself all the time. I don't mind being alone. I don't mind being with myself. I like myself. I'm starting to like myself. I not love myself. I'm starting to like myself more and more because, I don't know what's different this time around because I've been in the rooms for almost like 13, 14 years, and I've never really been consistently abstinent, but I feel differently this time. I don't know what it is. I just feel like I want to do this program the way it's meant to be done through the big book, follow the instructions like, like a textbook, and have I have a sponsor. I'm on step nine right now, and it's it's very different for me. I, I have a lot going on in my life. My life's not exactly where I want it to be. My finances are a mess, but you know what? I'm still here. I'm working the program the way it's meant to be worked. I have a plate, a roof over my head, food in the fridge, good friends to call on, a sponsor, a job that I, that I love, and I'm taking it one day at a time because this program does save your life if you willing to work it. I'm very grateful for this program. It has done a lot for me. I was almost 700 pounds back when I started in 2007, and I'm very grateful now that I don't have to be like that anymore. This is a prisoner of my own body, of flesh, and I'm very grateful I'm here today. I'm very grateful that other people are on the line listening to what they have to say. And uh, I'm very grateful that, you know, I'm still here because I should be dead 10 times over because of what I've done to my body over the years. I haven't heard it. I've done all kinds of things to it. 
But God has a plan for me, and I'm very grateful. I, I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is. I just want to work it one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Next up is Devora. And it looks like we might be able to get a few shares in. Devora, you are up. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Russ, and everyone on this line that makes this possible, all the sharing. My name is Devora S., and I'm a recovered over from New Jersey. And I, too, the inconsistency, you know, I, too, remember those days of not being able to show up, having big plans in my head. I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to take care of this, take care of this, but then binging and everything stopped, the whole world stopped, and all, all, all I wanted to do was shut the shades and crawl into bed and just leave me alone, and not being able to be there, you know, kids coming home from school, not being able to sit with them and do their homework, just being totally in my own zone of, of you know, dread and misery and, um, and fear, a lot of fear, um, and, you know, how the how and then getting abstinence and you know everything is just wonderful right wonderful you feel great right you lose weight there's a cloud you're floating you know but then in program experiencing you know what what is these things these trees that I'm experiencing in program being abstinent because I always thought being abstinent you know that's that's it that's that's the end of it all I'll be great life will be beautiful right there's everything will be if the you know all my all all my um theories would come true, right? I always thought that if I was thin, everything, my life would be perfect. And here in program, being thin, and then all of a sudden, all these squeeze of, of fear and anger and, and resentment and restlessness and and discontent, you know, they're on me because I don't have a program because I'm, I'm, I'm just doing abstinence. How, how, what a horrible, you know, like I said, what's going on? Where's my pink cloud? That, that, dissolved there's no more life is on me and thank you god you know by opening up this book and doing the work in here you know those frees are are being taken care of you know i'm not experiencing them as as i was in abstinence you know thank you god i have a a a program here you know living in 10 11 and 12 which can address these things you know this is the crux of the program getting abstinent is one thing but you know these these that came upon me afterwards, you know, I, I started feeling things that I didn't know that was buried so long ago with so much in the food. So, so grateful because I got to keep on, keep on. You know, I don't, this is not just a thing that I do one time. This is something that I experience every single day. You know, thank you, God, I can show up today. I'm reliable. You know, I keep my word. I do all that stuff. And the same thing goes with these, you know, keeping my emotional level at a, at a, at a, at a level that, that's consistent with working with this program. And, um, and that's what I get from here. And I'm just so grateful to be part of this and, um, and to live another day with all of you in God's will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Devor. So we have time for one more share. I'm going to be cutting the course trying to take two. So we have, we have enough time for one more. Who would like to share on this? can't sit in silence. We need one more share. Come on, don't be shy. This is Nancy T. Usher. All right, Nancy, we got you. 
Thanks, Russ. Um, boy, I was really reminded of some of the insanity of my disease as the reader was reading this paragraph this morning. I, you know, I when I am in the disease and doing nothing but chasing after the next bite, I forget that people can see me, that there is still a world around me. My my daughter, my grandchildren, my mother, my sister, my coworkers, they can see what I'm doing. But I go inside of this what I think is some kind of invisible bubble and I can just do whatever I want. Nobody's going to see me. And then like it mentioned in the paragraph, I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh my God. You know, I have dug food out of the garbage can, um, outside garbage can, because my rule, of course, was if the package was not opened, it was still safe. I mean, it's just the insanity. And to think that a neighbor ever see me, I don't know. But I, and I don't want to know really at this point. But, um, you know, I used to think when I would read a paragraph like that, well, you know, that's for drunks because they're insane and they do crazy things when they're drinking. <laughs> I am no different than a drunk. I do. I am just as insane in the food. And I am so grateful today that I don't have to worry about what I'm doing with the food because, you know, frankly, I have so much freedom about it. I plan it, I commit it, and it's gone. And I eat it. I, I plan it, commit it, need it, and it's gone. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to obsess about it. And I can get about living life. Who am I as a coworker today? Who am I as a grandmother today? Who am I as a daughter today? Who am I as a sister today? Um, I can focus on how I interact in relationships with other people. I can ask myself, what am I doing today to keep my spiritual connection alive and growing? I don't have to obsess about who's going to see me do something. You know, it's truly freedom. And thank you for the opportunity to jump in and share. I'll pass. Thanks, Nance. Appreciate it. Actually, we have, no, we don't forget I was saying that. So, Nance, you're our last share. We thank everyone who shared on this meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So, the share ID for today. July 22nd, Thursday, July 22nd, 2021, 17,403. So that's 17403. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deanna P., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Russ. May I be heard? Yep. Perfect. Good morning, everyone. Deanna P., Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Eater in Wilmington, Delaware. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Commit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.